today. I am here to give you the assurance that I have not forgotten you. If we want to see the new evangelization become more than just jargon, if we want to see it grow legs and gain traction and change the world, we have got to take seriously our responsibilities as husbands and fathers and especially as sons of God. I want to propose to you then that something that our world is desperately in need of in the midst of this crisis is Catholic Christian masculinity. If you want to be a good father, then bring your children to confession with you. I can't get there unless I become a man of ascesis, a man of asceticism, a man of training. A man not doing penance, a man not disciplined, is not a man. You guys have upped your game. You know what, guys, I gotta say, I, I love this the concept of man show. Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side, so raise your glass. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. Happy Pentecost. Happy Pentecost. We're here in the studio. Juan on the buttons. He is pushing all of the buttons this evening as per usual. We have I Jim to, Spencer. I James. To, James. James Spencer tonight. The fourth. He's not really. He's the first. Are you the first? I mean, he's based. Yeah. Anyway. First place. First place. First place. Number one. First place, Jim, over there, everybody. Dave, I got to take this story real I fast. I tried to text the word the the word use mm-hmm. the other day. I find it to be the most difficult language word in the English language to spell. How would you spell if you're going to say, "Oh, what's up?" and you're going to say nothing, the use? How would you spell use? Well, this is definitely a hypothetical situation. It wasn't for me. Use. Yes. I do not know. I mean, I'm just saying, like, what would you do? I, How I'd would you do it? No, if you had to do it. Life or death, you just have to do it. You, If you do U-S-C-H. it. You go uch. Yeah. Yush. Yeah. See, I went U-S-G-E. Yush. Hmm. Okay. But the thing is, like, it's nothing like the word usual. Right. Anyway. So, Dave, I got to tell you the story that happened. Well, so Haley went to Clear Creek this weekend for on a retreat. It was awesome for her. She did great, you know, uh-huh. she had a, a great time. You almost said she did a great job. You almost uh, said that. Almost said that. Yeah. Real proud of her. Really proud of her. <laughs> Just so proud. <laughs> so, uh, Saturday morning, I'm, I'm with the kids by myself. I'm like cooking, cooking breakfast, trying to get Luke to fry some, some sausage up. And all of a sudden, I hear this crash. And I look over, and Leo had climbed out of his, he was like locked into his seat. He, he climbed out, got onto the kitchen counter, dumped oranges down on the ground, and then knocked over the fruit tray onto the oranges. And it was a he- it's a heavy fruit tray, so all it did was it went down, <laughs> made orange bombs, oranges just splattered everywhere all over the kitchen and then it shattered into a like a million pieces so i had like the tray yeah so i had like glass shards and orange stickiness all over the kitchen all weekend long it was ridiculous and uh so that's how it started that's how the week that's hilarious saturday started for me is it still sticky did you get it up how do you get it up oh i had to so i had to take the kids upstairs and i i just mopped the heck out of it and well i i uh broomed it you swept it mopped it and then vacuumed and then remopped again and it was still sticky because a couple weeks ago we were at pamela's parents house and she dropped a jar of pickles Mm. i had no it blew my mind how sticky this pickle juice was i couldn't try or believe it (laughs) It's like ridiculous. yeah, I know. That's why I ask because it seems like oranges would be definitely sticky. Right? Have you ever had this happen to you with with kids? Kids are so humbling. They they just they just are humbling. Have you ever been with a, a group of people 
you know, probably Catholic people, and you're, we decide, like, for instance, oh, let's start, let's go ahead and pray. You know, we always pray before, let's say, we always pray before dinner. Let's all, let's all get ready to pray. And, like, your kid just looks at you, like, they have no idea what you're about to do, or, or, like, that this is a thing, and you're like, we do this every night. Why are you acting like you have no idea? Why do you act like I'm speaking Spanish right now? That you have no idea what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is it that... Baxter, you know I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had your kids do that to you? No. Yeah. Not this particular thing. My kids have done plenty of other things. <laughs> today, so- today after Mass, they were running up and down the halls, screaming. No. After and, the, or the next Mass had begun. Oh, uh, the low Mass, too. And it was the low mass, and the reason I know about this is because another adult brought them to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this other adult was also not very happy about the situation. Right. Because another adult had come out of mass. <laughs> to get on to and try she, to- Yes, anyway. So, look, they do other stuff. Yeah. They've but never man, done the thing is, that you're talking about, but, you know, it's they've so got up, their own was, charism I, I, when it comes to humiliating me. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to uh, Deacon Garlic about this this last week when we were just talking, and I was like, we had we had uh, friends over, and we were just like, okay, uh, this is what we do, you know, we we pray, and then we we sing, and then we eat dinner, and and Luke was just like, deer in the headlights, I have no idea what we're doing, and it's like, Luke, we do this, we do this every oh. night, like. And we have friends over right now. At least act like you know what's going on, (laughs) man. At least just, you know, pretend. Come on. But anyway, it is very humbling sometimes. It's like the name of the Father and the Son. Yeah, you know how we do it? The thing we do. We do it all. It's the thing. (laughs) Anyway. What I think uh, is embarrassing is, in fact, one time, Father Sean O'Brien, you know, he was on with us last episode, my brother-in-law. My dad had like, this is when we were, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade. 100 kids over. It's like the whole youth group or something. And everybody's in a huge circle in their backyard. They're getting ready to have hot dogs. And he goes, all right, let's pray. And he went he totally spaced on like, what are the first words <laughs> of the prayer? And luckily, Sean was sitting right next to him and he goes, bless us, O oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like just so funny because we're in fifth or like fourth or fifth grade, you know, right. we're little kids. But he like totally got it. He's like, I know exactly what's going on. Bless us, <laughs> I like, got you, bro. So like, my dad has always remembered that. Like, Sean bailed me out once when he was like twelve <laughs> for prayer, and man, I needed it so bad. Like, <laughs> totally lost. All right, so what what are we drinking tonight? We're drinking this Balvenie. Um, this is the sweet toast of American oak. I think that's, do you think that's what this one is called, right? I mean, that's yeah. the addition. Yes. So 12 year. I was told by the gentleman who gave this to me that this is sort of a, uh, do we need to give him a shout out? Temporary run that, you know, sort of like, uh, the Peak. Le- is it, who does that? The Pete week and, oh, yeah. oh, the Balvenie who does yeah. it. Yeah. That, yes. It's my brother, my other brother-in-law drew, he gave this to me, um, that's what he told me. I couldn't. It doesn't say anything about that on the, on the, the box here. Mm-hmm. Do you call this a box? What no. do you call the cardboard receptacle? Case. Okay. case. Thank okay. you, Juan. Case. I like that better. But anyway, this, you know, I'm, we mentioned right before the show got started. I don't drink a lot of Balvenie because it's usually pretty expensive. Right. You know, then the eighty to a hundred dollar. This is only sixty two dollars. Oh. After tax. Nice. So it's like fifty eight bucks. Man, the the nose on it is just is awesome. It is just toffee, butterscotch. Yeah. You know, there's a reason caramel. why why Belvani is expensive. Vanilla. I mean, it it really is good. It's, it's a good. It smells. It almost smells like a like a a, a vanilla cinnamon cake of some uh-huh. sort. Yeah, you were right. Um, the nose is lovely. Right, and then the the palate is more mm. it turns more into uh, fruit fruity notes. Yeah, so this is a temp- this is a temporary thing at a good price. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, might the official run out and see if you can the get official it uh, tasting notes are uh, malty with some sweet fudge, followed by citrusy and oak vanilla aromas with layers of spicy oak notes of ginger and cinnamon. I don't get the ginger at all. I get more of like an allspice at the end. 
yeah. kind of like a mace almost. Okay. Uh, the taste says it's uh, candied orange and lemon peel, vanilla toffee, and butterscotch layers of blossomy honey and with some melted brown sugar. The melted brown sugar is what I smell. Like, mm. I, I smell, I think that's what I was ke- getting. And then the finish, it says, rich and malty with gentle waves of oak, vanilla, and subtle spices. Those are the official tasting notes. It has a nice finish. It's, it's, it's not, good. yeah, it's a long finish. It's not like, yeah, I was going to say medium, but yeah, maybe a longer finish. Well, it might be a little bit longer. I swished it all around my mouth. Mm-hmm. So that, that has a way of extending the after experience. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think for the price, this is really nice. You know, not that, you know, not that labels matter, but if you want to be able to give someone a gift with the word Balvani on it, this sometimes is, they do matter. Sometimes they do matter. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I like it. I think yeah. it's really great. Jim, is it yummy? Yes, this one is on the yummy scale. Okay. Jim, Jim says, says, Jim says it's yummy. Juan, what do you think? Bueno. 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 Got yummy and bueno, so we're, we're sitting pretty good. Wow. Those, ladies and gentlemen, those are spectacular words. So, also, Pat Flynn's course is coming out this week. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to be releasing it, the first one, uh, to the public for free for two weeks. Two weeks. And then we're taking it back down. So, it's uh, five courses on fitness, nutrition, the philosophy behind it and then a workout health of body and soul yeah because he talks about the virtues also right so anyway uh you can become a patron and get all of them they're pretty awesome i've i have been previewing yes me too so we'll be right back this segment of the catholic man show is brought to you by the catholic woodworker jonathan conrad focuses on equipping families for battle in the modern world We're very excited that the Catholic Woodworker sponsors our show. Everything that they put out is top-notch. It's heirloom quality. It's handmade. Whether it's home altars, crucifixes, or rosaries, they're actually now the producer of the official rosary of the Catholic Man Show. So go check it out. Yeah, if you use TCMS for the Catholic Man Show as a promo code, you get 10% off all of your purchases. Let's him know that we sent you. He'll continue supporting the show. Go support Jonathan at thecatholicwoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan. We've got Jim Spencer guarding the door. Juan Posada on the button machine. And once again, just to further clarify, when we say that Juan is on the buttons, he is not literally on the buttons. He's just in close proximity. Within... within uh, dexteritus reach the buttons. Did you know dexterous or you know having dexterity refers to right-handedness? I was not aware of the fact. Yes, dexterity uh, is right-handedness. Uh, left-handedness is like sincere, or no, not sincere. That's without wax, but uh, it is like the word sin. Is the left hand in Latin? Oh yeah, we we talked about that in Latin class. Yeah, so like people who are left-handed are sinners essentially, like big ones. What about right-handers? Like no, no, they're de- they're they're they have, definitely they sinners have, though. No, they have dexterity. Oh, okay. Derecha. Derecha is the right. That's in Spanish. And derecho is right, like the right to bear arms. Derecho, derecha, same same right. There you, there you go. go. There you ha- there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so we're today, man gear is a first aid kit. I'm almost sure we've talked about this before, but we couldn't find that we had. So just to cover our bases, which is really essentially what you're doing with a first aid kit, we're talking about it right now. That's what we're going to do. Okay. Adam, tell me, what is your first aid kit experience like? You know, what what do you know about first aid kits? What I know about first aid kits is I normally use the store-bought first aid kits. Okay. However, this year, as I'm going out for hunt, like to hunt, yeah. I will be making my own first aid kit. Really? Yes. Tell me. 
uh, I got it out of the book. You know what? This is where we probably talked about first aid kits because we talked about the book, uh, the Meat Eater book, Survival Guide. Yeah. And he has a, a list of like, here's what you should pack. Uh, and, and some of the reasons why, you know, you typically don't ever have enough gauze or you don't have enough tape and those little store-bought first aid kits. Yeah, so the thing is, if you need gauze, if you if you are at the level where gauze is entering the equation, you're going to need a lot of gauze. Right. You know, if it's like gauze means we're beyond Band-Aids. Yes. Bring Something the, has impaled us. Bring the gauze. <laughs> right. <laughs> what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I'm going to cover everything with it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just uh, going to keep wrapping it until the bleeding stops. <laughs> So he made he makes a good point in that book, uh, survival guide. I think is what it's right over there somewhere, uh, right there. Meat meat eater's guide. It's a black book right yeah, down there. I see it. Do um, you want me to give me to get it? Oh, well, that's why I was kind of pointing at it, just so that way. I thought you were doing that just as like a point of like reference or oh. like, hey, fun fact. The no. book's right there. The meat eater guide to wilderness skills and survival. I think we talked about a first aid kit a long time ago. Okay. Well, in this he talks about it as well, and he. He makes some points of, for it's a nice feeling book. I like it. Yes, for first aids and things like that. He he always has one ready to go in his car or whenever he's going yeah. out somewhere. So that way, he never has to think about it. It's always just going to be there. Yeah. So I think that is uh, the best place to leave a first aid kit is in the car. Because if you're at home, you still have it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're out somewhere, you still have it. And you know, most of the time, you're just going to be putting a band aid on something. You know. Uh, maybe, hydrogen peroxides. Yeah, like, maybe. Um, I mean, be nice. De- if you have um, band aids and uh, what's the? Uh, it's not Vaseline. Uh, neosporin. Neosporin. Thank you. You're I mean, if you got neosporin and band aids, maybe I like some. The problem is that what's more important than neosporin is cleaning the the wound, right? I mean, that's more important. So you could keep alcohol, but who wants to pour alcohol? On you know a it's flesh like wound. you're right you have a little cut and it's like you're gonna pour alcohol on and now it's like ah you know yeah. like that's that it hurts you know and if there are children involved there is no way they're gonna be down with you doing that okay right. like nope not not just doing that. let it get infected I don't you're not putting that on you know so I don't know maybe just keep a water bottle uh it, it depending on the first aid kit you have if you have a like just one of those small Mm-hmm. like water bottles it's like four or five ounces that that would really be pretty good um just to to wash it out but yeah definitely band-aids and neosporin that's gonna cover like 90 percent of i mean like when you go into the first aid kit it's usually just for a band-aid you know it's it's almost never for anything beyond that but sometimes it is nice to have sunscreen in there nice to have bug repellent in there uh um, in, in the yeah. event you you know i'm thinking about being in the woods things like Things like that, yeah. which is when I would need a first aid kit. Uh, uh, poison ivy stuff, if, if you're not, uh, you know, relief. Aloe vera, I guess, would be... Is that what you put on poison ivy? No. No, that's sunburn. Um, you scratch your skin off if you get poison ivy. You gotta that's just what replace, it is. Replace the, the follicles. You need to just New, take the epidermis. Right, you just remove it. To the dermis. Remove the infected skin. Let it. Let it. And then, gotcha. and then it'll heal from there. Uh, but yeah, so I am going to, I'm going to make that and I'm also going to make a, like a, this is going to sound kind of maybe Oklahoman-ish, but I'm making a bug out bag and a, a first aid kit this fall. A bug out bag is a bag to keep bugs out. No. Close. Oh, you're talking about like if I have to get out of here. If I got to get out of here. Okay. And it'll be ready to go. Like if you have to leave the city? If I have to like... Leave my house right now and and be able to survive for a while. Okay. What is the situation that you would be doing then? I don't know yet. Okay. I'm just going to be prepared. Yeah, because uh, one thing that I have been thinking about lately is that I, I've considered like, oh, do I need to have plans, at least in myself, not like I have to go through drills with my kids and stuff, you know. <laughs> go, 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 go. Right. But like plans, <laughs> something prepared to get out of town, a bug out bag, as, right. as you call it. And the more I've thought about it, the more I've thought, the more I've come to believe, and I very well could be wrong, that that's not a good idea. Not, not that you still, not that there's not something value in having it, but if something goes down, I think a better, safer strategy is to be able to bunker down in your house. 
Because if you're in the situation where everybody's leaving, you're not going to get out of town. You're going you're gonna to run out of gas on the highway with everybody else also trying to get out of town. And now you're in a terrible situation where maybe you have all your kids, your entire family in a minivan that just ran out of gas. And you have to find a way to decide of all the important stuff we put in the car. What is it that now we think is really important that we can carry back and try to get back to our house? You see what I'm saying? That like, Sorry, Leo. <laughs> yeah. And so I've thought a lot about yeah. this, that it's, I think, safer in, a, in that scenario where you're thinking, I got to get out of town. Don't. Depending, like if you live in a big town, you're not going to, you're not making it. Unless, of course, you are one of the first, like, hundred people you know, who can mm-hmm. leave your house, mm-hmm. you're not going to get out. You're, everybody's going to be doing that and you will be trapped. And now all of a sudden you're... I love in, how this has gone from uh, first aid kit to zombie apocalypse. In this Here's, situation, you would definitely need a first aid kit, right? Because in the hike back, you're liable to get like into some trouble, okay? Whether it's your kids fall and skin their knee or... Aliens. Aliens, right. <laughs> Alien, dude. <laughs> we, we're not going to talk about the aliens right now. First aid kit... Ammo. Just put some ammo in there. Yeah. You'd, I'm not sure that you need ammo in your first aid kit. I think like it's, it's probably a separate separate bag, yes. right? But um, I don't know, maybe one round. I keep one round <laughs> in the first aid kit just in case. <laughs> um, but really, I have thought about that. About No, wait four days. Four, like wait a few days and then leave. Hmm. You know, uh, I mean, because think about how terrible it would be if you think you're leaving, everybody else is leaving, and then literally now you have to hike miles, and you know, you just don't know what other people are going to be. The people are panicking. That's why they're all leaving. So, man, people do panic too, don't they? Yeah. Oh, big time. Panic like feeds off of each. And chances are you're a little bit panicking too. That's why you're trying to flee the city, right? (laughs) Yeah. No doubt. Anyway, uh, I could be totally wrong about all that you know like that could be I, i'm sure there are professionals do we need, do we out there actually need to give a disclaimer that we could be totally wrong yeah usually i'm exactly right on the catholic man show i'm exactly right almost always except for the times we've had to make except some retractions the, there were two times there were two times i had to say like actually <laughs> on review <laughs> upon further review <laughs> i'm not gonna say that i made a mistake but there were some inaccuracies <laughs> they 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 were egregious. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, though? It's not that I was wrong. Because there's a way to interpret what I said. It was still like, kind of right. But on the whole. <laughs> but for going for five years and only having to retract. It was fallacious in its entirety. <laughs> yeah, there were definitely two times where we had to do that. Not bad. Were they both me, weren't they? Was it both me? Yeah. It was the first time was on uh, the altar. Uh, no. Extraordinary Ministers Full of Communion. What was the other one? I don't remember. I don't remember I the think other the, act- the first one was something else. The second one the was... The second one... Well, that's what I mean. I mean, one was on that one. That, uh-huh. That's the most recent one. And I don't remember what the other one was. I don't either. But we had to... We had to, we definitely had to issue an apology. But it was the next... Or not an apology. A the Extraordinary Minister of Holy Communion. We actually had to re-record like the whole <laughs> post-segment or something. Right. And we, we said, we are re-recording this. Right. What you're listening to right now is not our first take. <laughs> So very, we were, one we were of the very, very first time, about it. one of the very first time, or one of the first times that we've had to re-record. Yeah. So anyway, I know that's shocking to a lot of people. Anyway, just like uh, a, a first aid kit, as a man being prepared, mm-hmm. that's something that you know you should be thinking about. But for not, your family, ju- not just for, for yourself, yourself, not just for yourself, but for for those for those the people. Others. Right. Exactly. Like how you can, how can you help and protect other people around you? Right. Exactly. Just go to Walgreens. They've got some that like zip up. I mean, that's yeah. probably going to be all you need, really. There you go. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit when we get back. Leaving plenty of room for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Captain Command Show. Going to talk about the Holy Spirit this evening. Talk about uh, during Pentecost, which is appropriate. 
What do you think when you hear Holy Spirit? Like, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The dove. I see the dove. The dove. Yeah. The Holy Spirit. Can we just can we just talk about the Holy Spirit for a second? Yeah. Is totally the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity. He gets totally uh, overlooked. Everybody's all about like Jose Maria Escriva does not overlook him. Everybody's like Jesus and the Father, you, and everybody's like loving those people, which is awesome, perfect. But we just totally like where's the devotion to the Holy Spirit is lacking. I will just say that. So the hot re- take from David Niles right there. I don't know if that's even hot. It's take. oh, it's a hot take. Okay, I think that sometimes the Holy Spirit, in some ways, makes it makes me nervous. Like I'm not really sure, <laughs> like that, like what's gonna happen because you you hear people get filled with the Holy Spirit and then they do crazy things, right? And they right. you know they speak in tongues or they you know they they heal they have miracles happen you know he passed out thing yeah things He's smooth out things happen right which but God God you know is it, it wants everybody to be you know receive in fact everybody who's confirmed to receive the Holy Spirit uh, you know he wants to give us his Holy Spirit uh, that we can do. Uh, his work, yeah. but it makes, I think that's why it makes me nervous. That's why uh, this is going to be, I'm not going to get too much into this, but that, that's why like I struggle with the charismatic me- movement. Uh, not that it's wrong. This is, this is an ad, this is just my personal issue is that the sin, my senses have failed me before. Like uh, where it's like, Oh, I, I, I don't know if I can agree with that, you know, or, Oh, I think this is good. And it turns out not to be good, but my senses thought that it was good. And so mm-hmm. I see people doing these crazy things, like right. speaking no, in I'm tongues. I'm totally with you on that. And it, makes, it gives like, like red flag, red flag. Red, and that's not how I should. Like, yeah, should or be, they, they do stuff. They do weird stuff like, oh, being slain in the spirit. I. It makes that's me nervous. Like, that's okay. Like, I'm sure that that happens sometimes. I also think that it's uh, people get worked up into emotional fits sometimes. Mm-hmm. Right. And they have an emotional reaction it's very passionate emotional reaction that has nothing to do with the holy spirit sometimes right and then they 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 credit it to the end it's like oh the holy spirit came to me and all these things and it's like no dude the stuff that you're saying is not right Mm -hmm. you know it's not in accord with the goods of the church it's not like oh uh you know it's like there's some people out there. the holy spirit really wants me to leave my wife and be with this other woman. I really feel like this is the way the spirit is leading me. And, right. uh, you know, the consolation I receive when I'm with her and all like all this stuff. It's like, no, you're a fool. That's right. not the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's demonic. What right. And that, what, everything that you're saying and you like, it's blasphemy that you accredit it to the Holy Spirit. And that's what makes me nervous is that you can blast, you know, like, well, it, and that's what I was saying, like, you, you know, when you use your senses and say, like, oh, this is what, you know, I'm following, it, mm-hmm. make, it, it makes me feel good, you know, I feel like that I'm in the, like, those moments when I've done that have always been uh, issues, where, where things have Sometimes, raised. or or is it like a moment of faith, where you're, like, really right. stepping out see, in faith, is, which we should be doing more of, you right. know what I mean? And, and that's what, like, this is, this is what I, the, the catch-22 is that, you know, we're supposed to be able to do these miraculous things, you know, like things that Jesus didn't even do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what the Bible says. Right. Uh, okay, yeah, because and the, the reason we know that, or, you know, in the Bible, you've got, let's go back, Old Testament. You've got um, Elijah and Elisha. Mm-hmm. Elisha is like the, uh, Elijah is training Elisha, right? And... Elisha asks for a double a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah says, if you see me ascending into the clouds, then it will be given to you. And then he does. He sees him, he sees him ascending into the clouds. And so then what do we have in Jesus? We see Jesus ascending into the clouds. And then what happens? We get the Holy Spirit. You know, so it's like the ascension is a, is foreshadowing this moment right. here at Pentecost where we receive the Holy Spirit, which Jesus says, you know, I, I have something greater I want to give to you, you know, something. Right. That- and we, we know that the Holy Spirit is like what changed the world. You know, that's what right. evangelized the world. As soon as the apostles were up there for 40 days hanging out with Jesus, like I'm very interested someday of knowing what the conversations happened in this 40 days with Jesus where it's not really recorded in the Bible, you know, like what not a whole ta- lot. Yeah. Yeah. What are you guys talking about for 40 days? Like, 
were you revealing like some crazy miracles that have happened? Like, were you doing crazy miracles at this right. time? Like, what was what was going on? What, yeah. Like, what were you guys doing? Um, you, yeah, what, and like, Jesus, I know you eat fish sometimes, but like, did you get hungry? Yeah, like, he did because he was like, no, I don't think he, I don't know that he was hungry. I think he wanted to show that he could eat so oh, that they right. would know he Maybe wasn't so. a ghost. Right. Because, uh, you know, the dead don't eat. And right. he wanted to show them, I'm not dead. I'm I am alive. alive. Right. But I don't know if a glorified body gets hungry. You know, like, probably you could sit there and eat all the time and you would never get full. But I don't know that you ever get hungry. I don't. I don't. The thing is, Adam, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, once, you know, Jesus ascended and, and the Holy Spirit was uh, descended upon him, the the, the 12 or all the people in the upper room, then they went out two by two and yeah. like converted the whole world. And so obviously two by two. we need by two by two by, by two, two by two by two. There's the, these are the jokes that, so somebody, one of our council members two by two. like went, went through and listened to all of our shows in like a, like a five, five, months. five months, you know, all, all of our shows. And so he, he like made a list of, here's what I learned from the Catholic man. That show. was hilarious. And it, it, give this, I mean, I wish I could remember who it was. Do you remember Jim? Uh, Man, I wish I could give this guy a, a trophy because he he listed things like editing is optional, words are hard, words are hard, and words are hard. Jokes get repeated. Like he made all of these. I d- I would never repeat a joke. <laughs> would never do that. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Okay, so sorry. Speaking of which, I want to tell you about the funniest verse in the Bible. Yes, let's do this. This is absolutely the funniest verse in the Bible, and it has to do with Pentecost. Speaking yeah. of which, did you know Pentecost it like happened in the church? I thought they were in the upper room. It's there are definitely conflicting accounts here because uh, the the reading from today says when they when everyone heard it, they all gathered, and there they are with the apostles right away. Uh, and so it uh, it's like they were the apostles weren't in the upper room when that happened. They were in the temple. And so that's why, like, oh, and then all the all of a sudden they're just there speak, you know, like everyone hears them in their own language. It makes sense that, like, I guess they were already there. But it's my whole life I thought, oh, they were in the upper room when that happened. Anyway, they're there. Acts two fifteen. Acts two fifteen. Mm-hmm. This is the verse. This is the verse. This is the funniest verse <laughs> in the entire Bible. Okay, in all of human history, this is the funniest thing that was recorded in sacred scripture. They're there speaking in tongues to the masses. People of Mesopotamia and Jews from all, devout Jews from all over. And they're all saying, like, this is crazy. Are not these all, uh, like, where, what are they? Gentile, uh, no. No. Um, Na- Nazareth, no, uh, whatever they are. Words are hard, you know? Words are hard. Okay. Galileans? What? Galileans? Galileans. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Juan Posada, everybody. Uh, Thank you, Wan. Uh, uh, there's like these guys are all Galileans, but we all hear them in our native language, and then they accuse them of being drunk, right? Which is a that's a funny thing to do because it's like no, wait, you hear them speaking in your language and you think they're drunk, right. maybe you're drunk, right? Okay, like in fact, the fact that you think it's them that might be drunk makes me think maybe you really are drunk, right? But anyway, the apostles. What they say, Peter's like, we're not drunk. It's only 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Nine o'clock, yeah. For these people, it's nine o'clock? Yeah, yeah. For, for these people are not drunk, as you assume, since it is only the third hour of the day. Nine o'clock. Okay. Nine in the morning. It's from Second Acts? Uh, no, there's no such thing as Second uh, I mean, Acts. Acts 2. Acts 2.15, yes. Because I really thought it said 10 o'clock. Oh, no, it's, it does say nine o'clock. You're right. Okay, so it's like, that is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Because they, they had to clarify, like, listen, we... What he doesn't say is, we haven't been drinking. Okay, that's the obvious response. Because it's 9 o'clock in the morning. When someone says, you're drunk, he's like, no, I haven't, I haven't had anything to drink. I'm not drunk. Like, that's obviously what you'd say. But that's not what they say. They say, no, we're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Give me a... <laughs> you know, it's just like... I mean... We've been drinking, <laughs> but we're not drunk, okay? That's when mimosas were invented. Yeah, that's when mimosas were invented, yeah. It's just really funny. It is funny. It's only 9 o'clock. It's only 9 o'clock. Anyway. Okay. okay, so let's talk about the Holy Spirit, because, Adam, you were talking about something like the fears, and I share your hesitancies here. Uh, the charismatic renewal movement 
makes me nervous, Mm -hmm. okay? Not because of the movement itself at all, but because of the practices I see people doing inside the movement. Um, It's like like everybody's a cowboy just like making up the rules as they go along, and it makes me nervous because Mm -hmm. it just does. The one of the I think big confusions is well there's 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 the fruits of the spirit there's the gifts of the spirit how many fruits of the spirit are there are there 9 or are there 12 and then what's the difference between the gifts of the spirit and then the other gifts of the spirit and which ones like what are they what should we be pursuing you know like should we be praying should I be praying for the ability to speak in tongues you know like is that something I should even desire should I simply like be open to receiving. You see what I'm saying? Like these are important gifts because they're important questions. Yes, thank you. Important questions because I don't want to pr- desire and pursue something that's not right for me. You know, I don't want to be distracted because that has a way. If you do that, it has a way of taking your mind off of the that which we should really be focused be on. Focusing on right. It's like instead of loving God, now I'm loving the like the power I can get. You know, so. Um, Let's just briefly talk about that on the other side of the break. We're going to... We have a lot to unpack. I know. I think we can do it. We can do it. Or we may fail. That is a possibility. Either we're going to do it or we're not going to. One of the two. Yeah. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan, talking about the Holy Spirit. So let's just clear some things up first, because I want to I lay some ground rules. There are, there are Can diff- we start at the beginning? That's exactly where I want to begin. Okay. There are three different things. There are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Then there are the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the traditional gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we actually get from Isaiah. Ooh, do we have a progressive gift of the Holy Spirit? If we have traditional, do we have progressive? Uh, well, then there, then there is uh, what could be called the Protestant gifts of the Holy Spirit. No, stop! I was just joking. I think that you could call them, call them that. Because if you do it, here, here's one thing you can do: do a Google search, gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can know right away: is this a Protestant website or a Catholic website? Based on, does it list from Corinthians the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Paul names. Nine, what he calls gifts of the Holy Spirit. He, he lists the things like expression of wisdom, knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretation of tongues in 1 Corinthians. But that's not the traditional uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, which we find from Isaiah. Those are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord. Um, in that order. So wisdom is the highest gift of the Holy Spirit because it's the perfection of the theological virtue of faith. It's different from understanding. Wisdom is the desire to contemplate the things of God, and understanding is actually grasping the essence of those truths, which is also different from knowledge, which is about like knowing what to do in certain situations. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and that comes from I'd like to have the trifecta, please. Um, yes. So that, that comes from Isaiah. Um, then, so that's the traditional gifts of the Holy Spirit. The fruits of the Holy Spirit come from Galatians 5.22. And the confusing thing here is that you find a different number of them. If you open your Bible now, it's probably going to list nine. 
If you open the Volket or the Douay Rheims, you'll find 12. Uh, What's St. Jerome doing? Well, I don't know, yeah, because exactly, the Douay Rheims is a translation from the Volget. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one you will find now is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay? The traditional, the 12th, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, generosity, modesty, and chastity. I actually could not find why Jerome has an has three extra ones. It looks to me, this is just my a guess, that he's taking self-control and expanding that out into also generosity, modesty, and chastity. But there's probably a better, there's probably a real reason for what he's doing. Okay, those are the difference. Fruits of the Spirit, gifts of the Holy Spirit. We receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit at confirmation, okay? Uh, Catechism 1830 says that the moral life of Christians is sustained by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, and fear of the Lord, and that these are permanent dispositions which make a man docile in following the promptings of the Holy Spirit, okay? So this is very similar to a virtue, okay, except that it's a gift, so at, at your confirmation, this is why it's so important to be confirmed. It, man, it's my opinion that we should not be delaying confirmation until, uh, you know, in high school. It's like, for my kids, if I, if I can, I'm going to have them confirmed much earlier because I want them to have these permanent dispositions before they have the opportunity. For the, the, before they hit puberty. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's because they're real. The sacraments so let me are ask you, real. So let me ask you this. Can you recall a moment where you were filled with the Holy Spirit, like where you felt the Holy Spirit moving through you? What did it feel like? What were you doing? Yeah, I mean, I've had moments of prayer that were very, where I just had, like, I knew God loved me. Was it the Holy Spirit that I was filled with? Probably. Was it Jesus? Probably. You know, it's like, I... I do not know if I can distinguish. Was it Jesus coming to me and touching my heart? Was it the Holy Spirit that was filling me? On the, you know what I mean. Like, I I don't know that it's possible to distinguish between the two. You know, especially it's complicated. They have perfect unity and perfect distinction. So was it them coming to me in their perfect unity, or was it them coming to me in their perfect distinction? I don't know. But I definitely have had moments in prayer. I've never had a moment where, um, well, I don't know if I can say never, but. I, nothing comes to mind where I've like known, oh, this is the what I, you know, I can feel the spirit speaking to me. I need to like, you know what I mean? I need hmm. to do this. I've had moments where I felt like I should say something to someone where I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I've had a lot of those moments. Uh, but see, that's interesting that you're that you think about it like in prayer see i think because you know god is never idle right he's in a he's in communion he's in perfect communion you know distinctions but separate you know yeah uh perfect together perfectly together perfectly distinct uh and so but i i always when i encounter or can realize that the, the holy spirit is moving in me it's always in action it's always a uh hey you should text this person let them know you're praying for them or you should write this letter to this person or you should go talk to your son or your your wife or you know whatever like it's a prompt of going and doing something mm-hmm. and those are like the moments and i don't i don't necessarily realize sometimes i don't realize it in the moment but in the self reflection i it's like a grace of realizing like you know what that was that was not me oh, that was like okay well i've had moments like that where usually it happens in prayer because it's when I pray that I finally quiet my mind enough where I can act, you know, actually, he, like, actually hear, hear God. some of those. Where, yeah, I think. But even that, it's difficult to know because sometimes, like, well, was that my thought, or was that the, whole, the was that the you know the Lord speaking I always to play, me? I always play the sure, I know, but that's like where you get into like then making right. the nervous. Like the right. last thing I, I want to do is presume that just because I have a thought to myself while I'm praying that it's the Lord, right? And now, if I feel like I should act on it, I will. And if it works out, I'm very comfortable saying, the Lord told me to do this, right? Um, but let's get to these the charis- what we could call the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, because there's an, a distinction here that I want to make between these other two. Is there a difference? 
There is Without a difference. A dis- okay, with so, a distinction. So yes, when you get to First uh, Corinthians twelve eight through ten, um, basically what's going on in First Corinthians is that the Corinthians have developed an infatuation with speaking in tongues, and he's telling Paul is telling telling like, look, you need to really chill out on like speaking in tongues. It's great. I want you all to do it, uh, but it's not the best. He actually says prophecy is is a better gift that you should be. You should be looking for yeah, prophecy. Because, because, it's, because it's like, yeah, you were either right or wrong there. Well, what he says is that <laughs> prophecy builds up the church, whereas speaking in tongues only builds up yourself. Uh, that Because unless there's someone there to interpret your tongues, that uh, it's like, you praying and it's great for you, it makes you feel very edified, like it, just because it's a, a very genuine prayer for your, you know, but it doesn't build up anybody else. He also says like, if, if an unbeliever walked in and saw all of you speaking in tongues, he, they would think you're crazy, and they wouldn't. They would leave, right? Um, but what he says is the what we can call the. He just calls them the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But we're going to distinguish these and call them the charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit. Charism comes from the word, which just is like a gift, um, expression of wisdom, expression of knowledge. So right away, it sounds a lot like the first seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's why it's easy. It's easy to get them confused. So these are expression of wisdom, expression of knowledge, not wisdom and knowledge that I have, but the expression of both of those. Faith, gifts of healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment of spirits, uh, varieties of tongues is what he calls it, and interpretation of tongues. Um, So these are outward things, whereas the first seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the traditional ones, those are more of like things that I possess, you know, virtues that I, I have interiorly. The charismatic gifts are, are, are like expressions often of these things outwardly. Now, now, Paul is also clear that you can have some of these gifts when he when he talks about, I think it's in chapter 14, it's in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians where if I have not love, I'm a, you know, if I have faith to move mountains and if I can foresee all things and prophesy, you know, but I have not love, I'm a resounding gong and a clashing. I'm just worthless. Okay. So he's saying it's possible that you might, someone might be able to wield the gift of healing or prophecy or miracles, but they don't have love. They don't actually have this supernatural virtues. It it doesn't mean they're a saint. It doesn't even mean they're holy. Okay. Um, so when we're pursuing things, we should be pursuing these gifts, the fruits. This is what I think the fruits of the Holy Spirit are the key. Uh, if I pursue love, joy, if I'm a man of peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, then the care, the gifts of the Holy Spirit will, will exp- they'll come. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if we, if we pursue these other things, because these are the virtues Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, generosity, modesty, chastity. If you have, if you possess all of those virtues and you possess them very well, then you'll have the kind of interior life, you'll have the kind of relationship with Christ where if you ask him for a miracle, he's probably going to give it to you. You know, if you if if you have uh, forged your soul in these virtues, Mm-hmm. And you have faith, and, and then, you know, the Lord says, ask for anything in my name, and I will give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you can just ask in his name. I mean, you have to be... Right. Disposition. You have to have the right... Yeah, uh, the, the, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much, right? right? Hey, I also want to say before we get off the radio that, uh, you know, Pope Benedict made it very clear that the charismatic uh, yes, yes. movement like is, is a real good it's a, and, and, it's a, a, and it's a sign and, of and the spirit need, working in the church and a need in the church. Yes, I just don't fully understand it. So that's, I, I just want to make yeah. sure that and people, we should distinguish the people in it versus the, the movement itself, and and not even to say that people are bad, right? Full of wonderful people, but. right? And I that was that's just my yeah, personal good, issue. Good caveat, thank you. So all right, we'll continue on on the podcast. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers. Okay. Because I, I, I mean, there's some people that I know who are in the charismatic movement that are very, very holy people. That I, and I'm like, wow, uh, your your faith on unre- and your reliance on God is something that I 
completely strive for. Like I want to have that. I want to. Yeah. I, oh, I know what you mean. Uh, like, yeah, they, they really do. They have a, a great faith and they're out. They're not ashamed of it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and it's, like I, I'm so a, many incredible things. It's like wow, I could benefit a lot from and, that. And and I'm glad that Pope Benedict came out and said that. Like when he did, I'm not knocking it at all. I'm just saying like what what I'm what I struggle with. I know, and, and it's, it's like the struggle for me is that I hear certain things that they'll say, which is only a small percentage of the things that they'll say. But for instance, I went to a talk a couple years ago. Um, or I was at an event where a, a talk was being given, I should say. Um, I wouldn't name the speaker. If I'm not. Okay. Um, and they were talking about praying over your spouse. And taking authority, there's like, if your spouse is sick, take authority over the sickness and cast it out. And that really bugs me. Um, because you don't have authority over that sickness. Maybe a priest does. I don't know if a priest... I, right now, just for the sake of clarity, we're not talking about... We're talking about lay people. Only lay people. And I know that there is not a sickness in the world that I have authority over. Now, I have authority over my wife's body. I have authority over my own body. But I don't have authority over sickness itself. Okay? So I can pray... Because if something that I own, if there's, a, if I have authority in a place like my wife's body, then my prayer is going to be a very effective prayer. Okay, because it's my vocation is oriented, you know, here. Like this is this is what I'm here for. Um, but it doesn't seem to me like I can take authority over the sickness itself and cast it out. The sickness is a result of the fall. And I don't have authority over sin, okay? I can't. Uh, I think I think they would say that, that it's not your authority anyway. It's, it's the authority of Je- okay. Jesus. Well, then that's presumptuous that I that He is giving me His authority, because once again, sickness is a result of the fall. It's a, sickness you could say is a fruit of sin. Okay, and so because I can't, I have no authority over sin. I can't cast out its, it's a consequence. I can't. I would say, yeah. Consequence, sure, yeah. you could say that. Um, I can't also remove the fruits or consequences of that sin. Not. I don't. I'm not a priest. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, when I hear stuff like that, it gets under my skin and it makes me doubt the other things that that they're saying. It's like, well, it's possible you fundamentally misunderstand the way authority moves in the spiritual world. I mean, talking to exorcists, they're very critical of, of that kind of understanding of authority. That it's very clear where a person has authority, it's very clear where they don't have authority, right? Your authority ends where it ends. There is no gray area in authority. And that's what I... That's the hesitation I have often in the charismatic movement, is that I see people, not the charismatic movement itself, but I see some people operating almost exclusively in gray areas. You know what I mean? Hmm. Do, I mean, do you know what I mean or, or no? I think I know what you mean, it, but I, I know so little about the topic that I hesitate to even... Yeah. Like, what I have said on the show is basically what I've, you know, to the extent of where I feel comfortable saying anything else. Yeah. Well, when it comes to speaking, let's just talk about speaking in tongues real quick, because on the the chat on our live video, we've had a lot of people mention speaking in tongues. I mean, that's what everybody talks about. Right. So there is debate on what is speaking in tongues. Um, If you just read Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, it kind of seems like it's what everybody says, you know, what a lot of people says, it's like a mysterious language. Um, but actually some people say, no, it doesn't mean it's a mysterious language. There's the Bible doesn't say that it's like, a, you know, kind of like spiritual gibberish. It doesn't actually say that it, it does seem like that's what it means, but it doesn't say it. And so we shouldn't presume that that's what the, that's what it means. 
But it does kind of it does seem that way when you read these chapters that Paul is saying, yes, speaking in tongues is this. I think he he does use the words like mysterious utterance or something, um, and that you need someone who has the gift of interpretation of tongues to know what the person is saying. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that's a, it's a, to me it's a weird gift, uh, but you know, the Holy Spirit is is what, one. What what do you want to say here? Well, I'm not wanted to pitch in. I want to have a question. Okay, okay, a question from a listener okay. in the chat, and in the picture he has boxing gloves. Ah. so I'm gonna direct this question to Adam. Okay. Okay. So, do you believe the Holy Spirit is continually acting? even in the act of sin or in the act of evil doing, in a sense, the spirit is always there. We can see it or know where it is going to do in a way everywhere or only at times. I do not believe that the Holy Spirit uh, ceases to exist in a moment, if that's what they're asking. Yeah, He said it's the spirit acting. In a moment of sin, and continually I was, acting. Well, I don't. That's what I said earlier. That you know, God doesn't is not s- sitting idle ever. You know, because he, the Father is loving the Son. The Son is receiving the love. He is also then re- reciprocating the love. So, like in in communion, you are never like, you're, yeah, you're never idle. Uh, yeah, in that yeah, aspect, love, love is never still. Um, so. I don't feel like I'm qualified to answer the the question. To be honest with you, because well, so the question is, is um, you know, when, when you get into philosophy like this, you have to be very specific. So, is the spirit acting? Yes, the spirit is acting, but he never acts. He never does anything that like acts to sin. Like he never. Right. The spirit is continually acting, calling you to repentance in or, in a moment holiness, in yeah. a moment of sin. The spirit is is acting, calling you to repentance. You know, constantly inviting you back into relationship with him. Mm-hmm. The spirit is in no way allowing the sin to take place. It, it uh, you know, sin is uh, only allowed by God because he brings a greater, about a greater good. Right. He is capable of bringing about a, a greater good. You know, um, so. Is the spirit acting? Well, yeah, but the, the really the question should be in what way is the spirit acting in a moment of sin? Um, you just have to be very, you have to be very uh, precise, nuanced in your in your answers there. So anyway, I think the the to sum up the fruits of the spirit. Let me sum up. Let me sum up. Let me explain. No, no, there's too much. Let me sum up. The fruits of the Spirit. This, this is where we should be concentrating our efforts. Um, you know, when you, when you read Paul in here, he does say, yes, I hope you all speak in tongues. I do hope you all, like... He, he says, yes, these charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit, are they're good and they should be pursued. Um, but not... I don't think in and of themselves. I mean, they should be pursued because they're God's will for us. Um, if if you pursue them out of pride, because if I can heal people, everyone will think I'm so holy. People are going to put a billboard of me. Right. Uh, then, you know, people all have more friends or whatever. Then uh, you are leading Do you yourself. Think people actually want to have a billboard of themselves. Yes, I would like a billboard of yourself, of your face. I would totally put a billboard of myself up. <laughs> it just says on the bottom, "You're welcome." <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Donate to Patreon.com. <laughs> put a, <laughs> David's face <laughs> on a billboard that says, "You're welcome." You know how much billboards cost? It's ridiculous. Yeah. No. Hey, Really, really quick announcement here. If you like the statement that we made in the beginning of the show saying that the Holy Spirit is the red-headed and it needs more attention. Red-headed stepchild. Yeah. But you didn't think we really did it justice. This we book, did not. I will This book you. called The Sanctifier, Classic Wall on the Holy Spirit by 
Archbishop Luis Martinez was gifted to me by Father Define, uh-huh. and it's it's it it dives way deeper on that, and it's a great read. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope a book yeah. dives deep, like exponentially <laughs> deeper. Yeah. Minutes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the name is The Sanctifier by Archbishop Luis Martinez. The Sanctifier by Archbishop Luis Martinez. Es muy bien. Available on the internet and other places too. Okay. Anything else before we before we go? This is your topic. I just like I want to make sure you didn't have any other questions or it's or not that I have tho- a- or other thoughts. I have a lot What's of thoughts about Spirit? this. Take a second of, of quiet. Yeah. What's the Holy Spirit saying? <laughs> How long do I need to pray? Well, I said a second. That was oh. like it was a long. That's like eight seconds. <laughs> um, I'm sitting here going like, "Wow, I must really be getting something." <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this, but it's only it like it's I don't want to talk about it on the show because I don't know enough about it, and so I don't want to lead anybody astray or like sure you know I, I don't either. So I, I sh- and I share your hesitancies. I've been speaking my mind, you know, this evening. Yeah, because this I, is just these are just my my opinions, and I you know someday we'll maybe have different thoughts, and uh, who knows. But I want the church to be charismatic. Yes. Uh, obviously, I, obviously, that's a church that I think will, uh, you know, if, if the church... Here's, here, here, here's what I think. Please. That, that these charismatic gifts that we find in Corinthians, I think that, there are, that the list is more than these. I think that the, these charismatic gifts of the Holy Spirit go beyond what Paul has, has listed here. I think that he gave these as examples, but he did not intend to give an exhaustive list of the these miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think that the Holy Spirit has many gifts that he desires for every single person to, to use for the building up of the church. And I think that it's not happening in almost all of us because we're not pursuing holiness. If we would pursue the holiest version of ourselves, if we would if we would submit ourselves to his will more perfectly, if we would if we would desire virtue to a higher degree, if we would continue to love more, then I think that we would overflow with these gifts and that the church would become truly charismatic and that we would be assigned to the world, and once again, it would be set ablaze. And that, like, this is the desire, I believe, of the Holy Spirit, that we would be charismatic in this way. But this is not, we first must pursue holiness. It's, it's not to have the gifts so that the gifts can exist. The gifts exist to invite others to a deeper level of holiness, okay? Holiness is what we're pursuing. It's charity. It's charity. It's love. It's love. The gifts are given to us so that we and others might pursue love more and more, that we might be inspired to love, that we might be inspired to love our Creator, that we might be inspired to love one another, that we might see in others that they too are gifts to us okay mm-hmm. this is you know there's people at your church you don't like but if they were if they were too were healing people speaking in, in prophecy then how it, it's almost impossible not to see their their value okay but we need to we need to have those eyes first before we can uh, before we can I, I don't want to use the words be worthy because it's not about being worthy we'll never be worthy. Of, of these gifts. Um, but we need to, to pursue holiness so that the church might become holier and the, the Spirit desires these gifts for us. And others. I think that there are many more. Um, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there are gifts. There's a gift of the Holy Spirit that you're the only person who will ever receive it. That's entirely possible. That the Holy Spirit... I mean, I, mean, I know that's true, that the Holy Spirit has a plan for your life that he has given to no other person. 
There is no other man who can love your wife like you. You are the only father of your children, okay? These are gifts that you alone possess, okay? It's also very possible that there are charismatic, more expressive gifts that you alone, and I think that when we die, this will be our great shame, where we see all of the things, the miracles that the Lord wanted to work through us, that that he said, I made you this instrument. You never let me work. Mm -hmm. You did not even let me use you. Mm-hmm. All you had to do was say yes. Yeah, that's what scares me. This, Th- I mean, that's this what makes me nervous. Is what right? we're missing out on, I think. That's what I. That's what I fear more. And is, it's the hesitancies yeah. that I feel towards. I mean, it's like the, you know, I see other people and it's like, oh, what you're doing is not 100 percent right. I mean, I'm I'm kind of hypocritical, and so I I reserve myself from the Lord maybe. Because I see somebody else doing something wrong. I'm afraid to be associated with somebody else's wrongness. Like, i got plenty of my own wrongness. You know, so um, I just think, you know, today's Pentecost. That we need to, this is what we need. You know, say yes. We need to say yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, We need to be open to the Lord. We shouldn't be desiring these things out of pride or uh, to to glorify ourselves if you do. Um, I mean, Satan can use these. The, Satan can use the desire for these gifts to drag you to hell. You think, oh, I'm I, I I'm doing this to build up the church, and yet interiorly you just are desiring desiring to glorify yourself, right? So we have to pursue the fruits of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, generosity, modesty, and chastity. That is what we pursue, and then we should be open to the rest. They, the the Bible tells us about uh, Simon, the the one that wanted to control the gifts of the Spirit, and right, and he just, yeah, good good point, and he he want, he wanted only the gifts. Peter killed that guy. Yeah, <laughs> sort of. He said, "I don't know, I don't know." Would you say Peter killed that guy? Mm. No, he didn't. He offered. No, he offered him mercy in the very end, and he lived. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of the couple who said they sold all their land. Yeah. And they brought the money to the apostles. And saved But the truth bit. is that they didn't sell all their land. And then they oh, were yeah, they, they, they dropped dead. They dropped dead right yeah, there. Yeah, that's another <laughs> one. No. The other time of that, yeah. it was like he was about to die because he wanted just to buy and to use the gifts alone right. without the faith. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to buy the gifts of the spirit. It doesn't work that way. Otherwise, we'd turn into like Scientology or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how it goes. Listen, you buy your way to higher levels. 